Good morning. Good morning. So today is going to be our first regular podcast, even though it's not going to be AP Gov content related. We're just going to try to catch everybody up on what is going on with coronavirus or COVID-19 and just really try to answer. First thing we're going to do is really answer your guys' questions. So we love the opportunity for you guys to be able to just send your own voices in and your own questions. Honestly, just like we would do when we would start class on a day like today. Anytime there's anything big going on, you know, we just sit at our table at the front and just let you guys ask questions and just talk for a little bit. Yeah, that's what I kind of envisioned today would be like, just because if we were in school right now, like this is what we would be doing. We'd probably cancel all the plans and move stuff around and just be like, all right, what questions do you have? And try to answer them to the best of our ability. So I know a lot of you guys still have a lot of questions out there. So like keep sending them in and we'll try to answer them. We know right now we know as much as you do, um, but we're going to be focused on a couple of things. We're going to talk about the school, like what school is going to look like, what AP Gov is going to look like. Um, we're going to talk about some stuff that's going around right now. We're going to talk about the sports impact. We'll talk about, uh, you know, states and, and professional teams shutting down. There's a lot that we'll discuss in this podcast. Perfect. So let's go ahead and get to those questions. So I saw that the uh, the governor ex- used an executive order to um, stop school systems, basically, during this coronavirus stuff. Um, where does he get the power from in comparison to like the presidential executive orders? I think that's a really great question, uh, and it's a great one for us to lead off with. So where does he get the power from? Well, somewhere like the presidency, you know, you get it in the Constitution. The governor has the right to issue executive orders, um, especially when there is a state of emergency, which I think we recently declared last week, right? Right. So that's the biggest difference, too, is you'll see any kind of chief executive, whether it be the president or the governor really can expand their powers when they declare a national emergency uh, or a state of emergency here in the state level. So you've seen that at the national level with President Trump declaring a national emergency, uh, the North Carolina level with Governor Cooper declaring it, and also at the school system level, uh, the school board went through and gave our superintendent, Kathy Moore, kind of some expanded powers, which we're going to really see kind of enacted here in the next little bit. And I think at this point, since we are dealing with what many could be considered a crisis, there could be a legal argument against all this, but at this point, no one's going to argue that. No one's going to say it because we all universally understand that this was probably the best decision and the correct decision to make. So, you know, could there be a legal discussion? Maybe, but I don't see anyone even arguing whether the governor could do that or could not do that. Right. Nothing, nothing becomes unconstitutional unless there's judicial review and it's actually taken to the courts. Yeah. Hi, um, are we still going to have to, like, do the reading quizzes and the speech, and, like, how will we do that? What are we doing about quarter three speeches? We're just going to answer the best that we can for all these school questions, and then as we get more information from Mr. White slash the school system slash the state, then we'll answer the best we can. So quarter three speeches, what do you want them to do? So I think the best solution right now is just record yourself doing your quarter three speech. And then we want you on that same Google slide to just make another Google slide and post your video there. Um, Don't do the link to YouTube. Just make so all we have to do is click on the video and we can watch it. I mean, I think that's the best solution because as of right now, we know just as much as information as you guys know. And that information is constantly changing by the day. Right. So same slide PowerPoint, same file, 
just add a new slide underneath it put the video there and honestly we're gonna there's no hard deadline on when to do that but we know you guys have already done the work you want to go ahead and knock it out before you forget it all go ahead and record yourself put it on there um, and then we'll go from there and we get some more hard and fast deadlines okay I might have accidentally sent one already but this is kind of messing up okay so if if we have spring break, are one of these weeks going to be considered spring break? And are we going to know not to do work on that week? And also, uh, regarding chapter quizzes, are we still going to have them each week? And are we still going to have to do vocab folders? That was a great question. Um, listen, right now, Wake County doesn't know what this next two weeks are going to look like. Because they made the announcement saying that we're moving up spring break, we're going to use teacher work days. But then the governor came out and said, I want all the schools to be closed for the next two weeks. So that superseded whatever Wake County decided to do. Um, what Wake County realistically is probably going to use the next two weeks to look at is how to develop distance learning. Because um, we noticed that a lot of the other states have closed schools a lot longer. Me, being from Massachusetts, they've closed schools until the end of April. So there's a real reality that we could be close to the end of April, but they still want, the governor wants distance learning, which means like you guys learning from home while we're teaching you from our house. Um, so pre I think pre prepare like you would a normal week. Um, and it comes to reading quizzes. We're going to do something a little different with those. Yeah. So the moral story is like, we don't know. And it's ever changing. Like a week from now, it'll be drastically different because a week ago, like none of this was even a possibility really. Um, so the main thing with reading quizzes, good news, no, you're not going to have to take those for the rest of the year. We're going to scratch those for the rest of the year. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but what we're going to do instead is really just try to help make sure you're ready for the exam and really kind of focus on content. So your progress check-ins will still be a thing, and those will be completion-based again, uh, and we're going to kind of move those deadlines around. But that's the biggest thing that can help you from College Board. Uh, and as far as the vocab folders are concerned, yes, still do them, but we're not going to have a hard and fast deadline on when those are going to be due or how we're going to check them. Um, so hopefully that helps. And again, as we get more information from Mr. White and on up the food chain, we'll give it to you. How is the coronavirus going to affect the economy? Honestly, as of right now, we don't know what's going to be the long-term effects of the economy. The amount of businesses closing, governors shutting down businesses. So just yesterday, Illinois, Ohio, Massachusetts, they all closed down their bars and restaurants. Oh, in New York too. New York's closing mm -hmm. down, I think, at 9 o'clock tonight. Correct. This morning, I was watching the news, and Las Vegas MGM Grand Casino, which owns some of the biggest casinos in the world, they're shutting down. So you have to understand that this, there's going to be a huge impact on the economy. We just don't know what that's actually realis realistically going to look like six months from now. Um, the Fed recently just cut its rate down to, I think, one of the lowest rates ever since 2008 for the financial crisis to try to boost the economy a little bit um, to the point where I'm sitting at home trying to figure out, like, do I take advantage of this in some way or can I take advantage of this in some way? Um, I expect that the economy is going to go be much worse in the next couple of weeks. Um, but how that affects us long term, we just we don't know. This has never happened before. We've right. never had this type of situation before in at least my lifetime. And I can't think of another moment. No, there's really nothing to compare it to. And you've got to realize, too, the stock market is or the economy is more than just the stock market, yeah. uh, which is having its worst days since you guys were born, really. Yeah. Um, and so what the long term effects are, we don't know, because there's 
And that's the truth with having low interest rates and the different economic things that we've already had in place for the last three or four years. It's hard to stimulate the economy when you've already been stimulating it for so long. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see. When was the last time something like this happened? Like when counties had to close down the schools but still expect classes to go on online because they didn't know when they'd open up the schools again? That's another really good question. Listen, in my lifetime, I think the longest I was ever out of school was a week, and we called that the ice storm. And even when I was in high school, the technology wasn't there to do online education. Um, I think in my mom, I remember asking my mom because she was in Boston when during the blizzard of 78 was shut down the schools for two weeks. And definitely not then was there the technology to have school at home or do any side of online learning. So we're really dealing with like a brand new thing. We're dealing with something that has never happened before. Um, and Sanders and I were talking the other day about in the terms of like, this is going to be this generation's sort of like 9-11 in the sense that there was a before and then there was an after. You know, this is something that in five or six years we're going to be teaching AP Gov students about and the changes that happen with this. Because you're going to remember as sophomores, juniors and seniors, you're going to remember what life was like before this time and what life was like after this time. Because I'm sure in the next couple months and years, there's going to be some changes because of this. Some positive, some could be negative. We just don't know what that looks like. No, the words you're going to keep hearing over and over is unprecedented because we really just don't know and there's no other really thing to relate this to. I mean, you can go back to the Spanish flu of 1918, which I'm honestly starting to read up on, but that's not like education-based. Schools were nothing like they are today. So we just, we just have no idea. All right, so now that we've gone through some of your main questions, now let's kind of, we're going to kind of try to talk about how D.C. and how our national government is really trying to respond to this. Uh, and so you may or may not have seen, but there has been a $50 billion relief package um, that's being talked about. But the, the biggest thing that's actually getting passed, but the biggest thing is there's kind of two different schools of thought on how to help fix this. Uh, and so at first, President Trump had the idea of a trying to reduce payroll taxes yep. to try to help the economy on that end. Um, so that's kind of what President Trump and the Democrats are doing. Do you want to talk about, or what Republicans are doing? Do you want to try to talk about what Democrats are doing as well? I mean, they're talking, I think one of their big focuses is that paid leave. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, with it being unprecedented times that we've talked about, like, we're going to see more and more businesses having to shut down. We're going to see a lot more small businesses going to have to shut down. If the larger corporations right now are shutting down, then the small businesses are next. And there, I think there is a real reality of a complete shutdown at some point of just like a, hey, like nothing's open. We need to be quarantined for two weeks. And I think there is a huge economic impact of that. And so the Democrats and I would say both and the Republicans are trying to figure out what's the best way to move forward. And I think this is really going to be something that President Trump's going to like this is going to define him. Like, this is what we're going to remember right. President Trump about is, does he succeed during this and does he get us through it? Or, I mean, this is the 2020 election right here. Like, right. if he gets us through this next couple months, then I think he could probably lock up the 2020 election and his approval ratings are going to go up. If he doesn't, then I think there's a very little chance that he wins the 2020 election because people are going to remember this and they're going to look to have a stronger leader. But that's going to be sort of the next couple months. We don't know what that's going to look like. Right. It's truly, it's a game changer. 
Um, the other thing to think about kind of on national response is the the main person kind of leading things up on the congressional side has been Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. And actually what Trump has done that's changed stuff is he has trusted his treasure, Treasury Secretary, Steve Mnuchin, to kind of help those negotiations and really kind of be the go-between for the White House to also talk to Congress and how they've been able to get stuff done and, and negotiate it out. Um, so I think that's going to be the, the biggest thing to kind of see from the D.C. side on how they're responding. But it's also it's an ever-changing thing. And I know that's going to be a recurring thing throughout all of today. Yeah. All right, so let's circle back to that $50 billion package that was talked about earlier. Uh, and if you hear some heavy breathing in the background, that's uh, Coach Hagermoser's dog, Wrigley. It's not Luke or Casey, I promise. Or one of us. Yeah. Um, so what's in the $50 package? So there's three main things, or the $50 billion package. One is testing. They've tried to, that's been the biggest thing that you've seen in the news is how many people are getting tested or the lack of people getting tested. Uh, and so the federal government is really trying to help that. They're going to start having drive-throughs and Walmart parking lots. Uh, and we're really trying to take the best of what other countries have done that have really been successful, specifically South Korea and Japan have been really, really yeah. good at how to handle this response on the front end. Uh, the second, so there's three main things that they've talked about in this $50 billion package. The second is trying to give flexibility to doctors. Um, so we've talked about full faith and credit and the way that states work with each other. Um, if you're licensed to practice medicine in one state, you're only licensed to practice medicine in that state. So what we're going to try to do is relax those guidelines and those laws so that doctors can go where they're needed because well, right now it's even, in different states. And a lot of times it's, you, it's not only one thing that you only have rights at certain hospitals too. Right. So like in Massachusetts, you know, if you have rights at Mass General, you may not be able to go to bring them Like you may not be able to be a doctor. All right. It's kind of like being a police officer. If you're a police officer in Wake County, you necessarily cannot operate in Durham. Like you need to seek permission. Right. Your jurisdiction. And, and so even if we're in North Carolina, so that's like that's going to be a big thing, especially when we have two big hospitals here, Duke and UNC. Mm -hmm. The fact that a UNC doctor can go into Duke and be a doctor is going to be a big thing for this and moving forward is like adding that flexibility. I think even insurance sides of it. My sister's a therapist. She's worried that she's not going to be able to see her patients. But uh, recently in Wisconsin, they passed it that the insurance companies are going to be allowed to do telecommunication therapy. Or basically, just the, the ability to conduct ther like therapy sessions over the phone or via video, and it would count towards the insurance. Because that's like a real concern with people right now is like, how do I go see a doctor if I can't travel? How do I go see my therapist? How do I go, go to meetings if I can't travel, do all this stuff? There's a, there's a lot of solutions out there um, that states are currently working on. Right. I'm glad you brought the states because that's the, the next biggest thing of that package is they're trying to really not hold all the money at the federal government level, but give it down to the state and local level because every state's different. Every county and locality is different. Uh, and so they're really trying to allow more and more flexibility because, again, they, they don't really know what it's going to look like tomorrow, much less in the next couple of weeks when, honestly, most people predict this thing's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Uh, and then the third biggest thing is access to food for so many people, not just students. That was the biggest thing that kind of held up schools being closed was to make sure that students were really allowed, I mean, they had free and reduced lunch, could get it. Uh, and it's not just on the student level, but also just holistically for adults too. Like, how do we continue to get food to people? Uh, and especially, like you mentioned earlier, when their pay's starting to get cut. Like, we just got a note in our last email to make sure that we were going to get our paychecks in. And March. it was the second, it was like the second line. 
Yeah. I mean, it was basically like we got we have to introduce something, but hey, you guys are still getting paid. I think it's important with the food too is that there was this post going around on social media about all these Wake County schools that would be open for food, and it's crazy to think that that post was fake. Like someone made it and started sharing. Wait, really? Yeah, it wasn't a real post. Billy, uh, Mr. Lane, Counselor Lane, uh, posted it on our staff page, being like, "Yeah, this is a fake post." I had no idea. I like it. I mean, it looks completely real. And so it's kind of crazy to think you think about people who are like at this time that there's so much uncertainty. We're in an unprecedented situation. People are going to go out and do that. Create a fake post, you know, because they're worried that families are going to show up at. I mean, Millbrook Middle School, Briar Creek, where it's like some of those schools on there that they're going to show up Tuesday expecting food and no one's going to be there. So there actually might be some actual fake news that's getting circulated these days. And honestly, that's a huge thing to be on the lookout for. That's why we've tried so hard to teach you guys how to actually read the news, how to check these things out, um, and so that you know what's real news and what's not. And that's why we've been very intentional about what news sources we've given you over the year. Yeah, I mean, I think the other big thing that people had to check was that Charter Communications was going to offer free Wi-Fi to kids. Oh, yeah. And, like, people were very, like, wow, that's, like, amazing. But I, I know several teachers that actually call them be like wait i'm seeing this like can you confirm this is real and they all came back and said nope this is real we're gonna do this like i think it's like a 60 day thing or something or offer free wi-fi but yeah i mean there's i mean there's gonna be a lot of fake news that's probably gonna spread in the next couple weeks and that's an unfortunate thing no it, it really is um so now that we're gonna kind of take that from the the fake news aspect of it let's kind of talk about how it's impacting the campaign Um, Because right now you've got two people leading the race for the Democratic nomination. Uh, And today's Monday, so tomorrow, Tuesday, there's going to be a few more states that vote. And honestly, Joe Biden's getting pretty close to locking up the 2020 campaign. And as of last night, they had another debate, which they didn't shake hands. They stood six feet apart from each other, and there were five people in the studio. There were three moderators and Senator Sanders and Vice President Biden. Uh, And that was the only people there. And it gave an entirely different feel to the debate. You didn't have to wait for claps. You didn't have to wait for the crowd noise. Uh, And especially with just two people on the stage, it really just kind of became a conversation. Uh, And so the two biggest things that both candidates have played this into is they've played it to the strengths. Joe Biden said over and over that I've been in the Situation Room. This is how we handled Ebola. This is how we handled H1N1. He really wants people to envision him as the president and that he's been in the room before and he's been the quote unquote adult in the room before as well. Um, And so he wants people to be able to one, see him as a national leader and two, you really saw him try to reach out to the Bernie supporters, try to reach out to the more progressive wing of the party. And that's why the headline of the night was that he guaranteed that if he was the nominee, he would have a female as his vice president. Um, and that was, and Bernie kind of said that, yeah, that's probably what he would do. Um, but I think that was, that's really the headline moment and the biggest moment. Uh, and Bernie pivoted everything to Medicare for all. He said, this is why I think that we're in a national health care emergency. And this is why my plan would work. Um, and that's kind of the biggest things to kind of take away from the campaign. Uh, and then also moving forward, you've seen both campaigns shut down all rallies. Uh, there's no traditional door-to-door campaigning anymore. They're almost all teleconferencing in. Um, and honestly, both of these candidates might be, as much as it hurts their campaigns a little bit, I think they'd be okay with taking a deep breath and kind of relaxing for a minute and not being in their plane 24-7 going from a 1,000 different sites and rallies. Well, especially since, unfortunately, they're both the, in the high-risk category, too. Oh, they asked I, them I mean, that, they, too. They are in the high-risk category of like people who get, get sick and the constant moving around the constant shaking hands and being around different people i mean they're they are probably in higher risk than other people in their same age group just 
uh, by the fact that they're trying to run for presidency. Right, and they they called that out, especially with uh, Senator Sanders' like heart conditions. They said you are the epitome. And he's like, look, I'm in great health. He just kind of wanted to make sure that he downplayed that. I mean, are you ever health. gonna say you're not in good health? Correct. <laughs> All right, what about here locally? How was the Governor Cooper and the North Carolina government really trying to tackle this? All right, so we, Governor Cooper came out a couple of days ago and he shut down the schools, you know, for the two-week period. Um, we're starting to see other states, you know, like we said previously, like shutting down the bars, shutting down restaurants. And I think that's realistically where we're going to be going in the next couple of weeks if, if it doesn't happen this week. Um, I think there could be a major shutdown. Um I think Cooper has talked almost every single every single day. They're doing that. What is that term like? Social distancing. Social distancing. Yeah. I, I think that we're Coach Sanders and I. I think we're about okay apart right now. I think we're about four feet. Maybe we need to get a little farther away. But there's they're suggesting six feet. And so I think there was there's a lot of people in the health industry right now who are really upset about like people going out to eat and people going out in social gatherings. Um, especially you saw in major cities across the country, like people still going out celebrating St. Patrick's Day and like being in bars and restaurants. Yeah, don't do that. Like don't like th- like don't do that. Like I went like I went to grocery shopping yesterday. I went to the Home Depot yesterday because I need to have to do something in the next two weeks. But the last thing in my mind is I'm never I'm not going to go to a packed restaurant or a packed bar. All right, because that just sounds like a bad idea. Like that sounds like you're you know karma. You're asking for it. Um, but I think. You know, North, Governor Cooper, again, this is another example, just like the presidency, like this could win him the next governor, like could win the election for him because he's he's running for re-election in 2022. All right. This could, you know, if he does well here, all right, then I think this could sew it up. But if he doesn't do well here, then I think there's a very good chance that think that his main appointment. Opponents can be Dan Forrest. I think he's running. Yeah, he's running it up. So yeah, that's the big. Don't just look at this at the top of the ticket. This is going to impact all the all the races up and down the ballot. It's going to impact the governor's race. It's going to impact the Senate race, the House, and then the North Carolina General Assembly as well. It's going to impact all of them. Um, So they've said no gatherings over fifty. The state also has a rainy day fund. Um, which has been very controversial between Democrats and Republicans recently. But but now I want you guys to try to pay attention to how that gets used on the state level, how the General Assembly really uses that. Um, And then do you, not on the state level, but on a national level too, do you kind of trust the decisions that are getting made? We always talked about confirmation bias, but like, are you really trust what's going on? So there was a USA Today poll, I don't know if you saw it, but it said 72% of Republicans trust how Trump is handling this. 14% 14% of Democrats trust how Trump is handling this. That's, that's pretty opposite ends. Um, and so let's go on the flip side. Let's talk about media. That same poll said 56% of Democrats trust the media and the information that they're giving them, and only 23% of Republicans trust the information that the media is giving them. And it's those kind of things that if you don't trust, trust the media, then how are you getting your information? And then that really goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Tr- get information from valid sources. Give inform- get information from things that we've told you that you can trust uh, rather than just what's and in your Twitter feed. It yeah, just, just find it, just, it somewhere it else. double check stuff and see, is this accurate? Um, because going back to what Governor Cooper said, he's, he's shutting down. He wants no less than, what, 50 people right. at a gathering. But the CDC basically came out, too, uh, yesterday or the day before, and they said for the next eight weeks, we don't want, we don't, concerts should be shut down, sports should be shut down. Uh, weddings should be shut down. And going back to one of the previous questions, what's going to happen to our economy? Like, that's a big thing. 
that's a really big thing when you talk about multiple different industries are shutting down. This is the first time that this has ever happened in United States history where we have multiple different industries shutting down. Um, and like, we don't know how that's going to look in six months. We don't know what's going to be the economic downturn for six months. I fully expect probably in the next week or so, especially if this does not get better quickly, that you know, all you all you students who are like, hey, I'm just going to go to Wilmington. I'm going to go to the beach. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the beach just starts shutting down. Right. Okay. So Italy even passed a law that you cannot be within three feet of another person that's outside of your family. Like you cannot be outside and within three feet of somebody else. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's, it's, we're dealing with really unprecedented times, which I know we've said a bunch of times in this podcast, but. It's because it's true. It is. I mean, I think it's, it's really, we, a lot of people, and I think the CDC and a lot of that, I was watching uh, Good Morning America this morning, and they were talking about how they're growing frustrated about the people just not listening. They really, they said that this is going to get better as long as people practice that social distancing of staying within six feet from one another and then just, you know, staying inside and limiting your time that you go outside. And I think I wouldn't be shocked that places start closing down North Carolina because of it. All right. So that's one thing to think about how different countries across the globe handle it. Are you going to be China and has the military enforcing like when we say that we're shut down, you've got to be shut down. Or Italy, which doesn't have that kind of military presence, that's like, no, please, like they're they're begging their people to yeah. please stay inside. Like, where is America going to fall on that spectrum if we get to that? And I think, you know, this is not a very similar situation, but a lot of you guys may be wondering, well, does the governor or does the mayor or do they have the authority to shut down? Do they have the authority to tell you not to go outside? And I remember in my lifetime with the Boston Marathon bomber, when that happened, the mayor or the governor, I can't remember who called the order, they shut down the city of Boston. Yeah. You were not allowed to leave You because they wanted to catch the individual. And it was very eerie seeing the video of the entire city, no cars, no people. Yeah. It was like, it. I, I, I cannot describe that, but there has been moments that like, we've called a state of emergency, that we're shut down the city, that we're shutting down the state. There has been moments in the history that this has happened. So this wouldn't be a, a first-time thing. It'd just be would now be a first-time thing because of this virus. Yeah, and the scale of it. Like, we're yeah. not just talking about Boston. We're talking about everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it could be. You know, it could be the entire state of North Carolina. It could be the entire East Coast. I mean, we just don't know what it looks like in the next couple of weeks. Right, well, let's go ahead and transition now. So we talked before about how, how this is going to impact the economy. We're salary employees. They've told us our salary is going to keep coming, at least hopefully for hopefully, the foreseeable yeah. future. Hopefully um, this podcasting takes off. But <laughs> that's another option. <laughs> but like, what do you do if you're an hourly employee? What if you did it? What would you do if you worked at one of these arenas that just said that the NBA shut down and they NBA just came out and said best case scenario mid June. Yeah. I mean, the NBA might just go straight to the playoffs. So if you're an hourly employee that works at one of those arenas, you're not getting a paycheck. Yeah. Uh, and which is what's been awesome when you see Zion Williamson or different professional athletes come out and say, no, like Zion's got everybody that works in the New Orleans arena. He's got them all covered for the next month. And I think it goes back to, you know, my dad and my kids, you'll, when we do the TED talk at the end of the year, I always do like the TED talk too. And I talked about like my dad's basic rules that you should have in life. And I never had a curfew growing up. I never had a lot of things. All I had was what? like, I, I just have very simple rules. And one of the rules was that you got to be nice to the secretaries, the administrative assistants, custodians, and the cafeteria workers. Yeah. And those are the people that, especially when you talk about like professional athlete-wise, 
Like you don't see those people like on TV, but Zion Williamson and all those professional athletes, they have a relationship with those people. They have their favorite worker in like the dining hall that they like to go to, who they like, they know everything about their family. So there's, there's a real personal connection with a lot of these people that they want to make sure they're all set. And I think I was watching the news this morning and a lot of states have actually come out and changed their unemployment uh, laws in the sense of that you can go collect unemployment checks if you need to. They've, they've done executive orders to change a lot of this stuff to make it easier because they realize that like this is going to happen. Because right now the, with a lot of stuff closing, this is the first domino. It's the when people start running out of money, that's going to be the second domino that falls. What is that going to look like? Because now we're like we've already gone down the economy. All right, now what happens when people like start running out of money? How does that look? Do we go way down and we're trying to prevent that second domino of falling right now? Right, all of the economy is interconnected, and that's one thing that you guys will see more and more uh, kind of as time goes on. Now, you've made your Massachusetts reference. It's the same thing that you talk about professional athletes really connecting with people. Deshaun Watson's first paycheck that yeah. he got with the Houston Texans, he gave to people that worked, the kitchen workers that worked right there because of everything that Houston was going through at that time. Uh, and so that's one thing that's really kind of good to see the personal connection that some of those guys make. Um, because sports is a big part of obviously the two of our lives, but a lot of us, uh, and there are no sports on TV these and days. I, and I think one of the cre- like one of the most interesting things to talk about with sports is sports is typically that what you could watch during a time like this, like when there is a crisis going on, you could watch sports as to get away from it all, to like create that separation. Um, and now that we don't have sports, I mean, I watched the Olympic Channel the other day, and I watched fencing. Um, proud of you. I've I had I had no I had no idea what I was watching. I didn't know the rules of it, but I was watching. I watched boxing for the first time because it was on the Olympic Channel. See, Luke just goes to YouTube and puts on the old Alabama. No, I, if you guys, so we're at my house right now, and Luke and Casey Sanders' kids are here, and, and Luke walks in and he's like, "Put basketball on." Yep. And I was like, so I think he's watching like the 2015 NIT tournaments. He's ready to go. Stanford I mean, versus Old Dominion. It's a barn burner. Um, it's it's hard for kids like that for, to wrap their head around it and it's hard for us to wrap our head around it but I think it's a good opportunity too to take a minute and do something different um, you know not just have your life revolve around the NCAA tournament which I mean I really want my life to revolve have around you, that have right you now. seen a lot of the coaching jokes that go on around Twitter no so it's uh, Mike Leach posted one she's like there's a strange woman that was sitting on my couch I asked her who she was and she was my wife yeah right. I, haven't seen, I haven't seen her in a couple of weeks I mean, this is probably the most. I mean, if, you know, right now I'd be at school and I'd be coaching lacrosse. I had a game on Wednesday and a game on Friday. You know, this is where, I mean, which is in the good side of it, a lot of people get to spend a lot more time with their families and, and you know, hang out with their families, and especially during the spring when I wouldn't have seen my wife this much. Um, but it's, there's, there's some positives that come out of this, but it's now, you know, what the next couple months looks like. You know, hopefully we can get through this and hopefully there's going to be a much brighter side on the other end. No, that's the find the positives in it without yeah. question. Like I get to be a lot more of a kindergarten teacher now than an AP Gov teacher. Uh, and Can we gonna, imagine? Let's just Sanders kids. Let's just imagine Coach Sanders as a kindergarten teacher. Well, you're about to because that's we've already got our little schedule. And <laughs> Luke, we're going through math and we're going to read books to Casey. You know and math. we're all over. I know enough. You I mean, I know enough. kindergarten and first grade math. Come on now. Um, all right. Well, you've asked me if I know math. Let's ask you a few questions. So this was my bright idea that I had yesterday when I was running. This is going to be horrible. This is going to be bad. Uh, But we are going to ask random trivia questions, sometimes current 
events related, sometimes not. And we're going to open up with me asking Coach Hager most of these questions. Uh, and then maybe later on we can get a call in. We can have some celebrity guests at this portion of the show. Be a horrible idea. No, no, it's okay. All right, so for example, this is a good one to lead off with. There has been a new invention to sort of stop spouses from snoring. And so what they've basically done is there's a certain part of your body that gets an electric shock to make you stop snoring at night. What part of that body? What part of your body? So what, you're telling me I'm going to get shocked at night? Yes. So you are snoring so much, Kelsey can go there and hit a button and it sends little electrodes out and it makes you stop snoring. What part of your body does it attack? I feel like the nose would just be too obvious of an answer. Okay, it's not the nose. Would it be the neck? No, it's your tongue. Wait, so I gotta wear something on my tongue? I guess, I have no idea how it works. And so why'd you ask the question? I mean, I know enough of how it works. All right, and let's, cards on the table too. A lot of these come from NPR, and a lot of them come from, wait, wait, don't tell me. I will okay. just put full cards on the table. I don't want any plagiarism questions. All right, true or false? Catholic churches in Colorado have replaced holy water with hand sanitizer. True or false? I would say true. True, that's what they're doing right now. Well, I'd be surprised they're still open because a lot of the churches have shut down. They've closed. Right. I think the what the what's the major church in Raleigh? What's that? Uh, the Archdiocese right next to NC State. So I think that some churches in Colorado have shifted from having services, but still have their doors open. Yeah. Uh, So that's the same thing. We've drove a field trip over there, and we walked in, and we were able to see the Archdiocese over there near NC State. Uh, and a lot of churches, A, you're exactly right, churches have been closing recently. Um, but several still just leave their doors open for people to be able to come and sit and pray and, and do whatever. Uh, so, yeah, hand sanitizer. All right, oldest man in the world is a Japanese farmer. How old? 122. 112. That was really, really good. What was the key to being able to live that long? Not being what? I don't know if my answer would be appropriate. No, it's not being angry. Not being angry? Not being angry. So take all of this that's going on right now and try not to be angry, and you too can live to 112. All right, two questions left. This is going to be your new – these are your best – save the best for last. All right, there is a new law in Virginia that will finally allow you to do what in public? And please remember this is a high school podcast. Yeah, we don't want that explicit. No. Let's see. I know – Would you like a hint? Sure. This is something that Coach Bradley would already be just fine with beforehand. He never did this in public to begin with. Swear. Yes, swearing. Swear. You're exactly right. So there was a full, law. Full, I, Coach Eggmoser may have a little issue with that. No, <laughs> the, the law allows you to now oh, do it. You can now swear in you public. You can now swear in public. So we in 17, 1792, there was a law that said you could not swear in public, and Virginia just took it back. And now everybody's going back to If you're ever bored, you should definitely look up some laws, old laws that are still on the books. Because I remember in Michigan on our sidewalk, we had do not spit. That was a law in Marquette, Michigan, that you were not allowed to spit on sidewalks. Mm. And they made it back in the 1800s. Well, there you go. All right. right, Last one is not law related. There is a new version of adult dodgeball that is being played with what? I hope hammers. No, bows and arrows. Like real ones? Real ones, except they're, and those are like Nerf ones. They're not going to like, you don't have to stop. I didn't know if it was blood. like Hunger Game type stuff. It is kind of Hunger Games, exactly. Survival of the fittest. But that it, that sounds fun. Doesn't it sound like fun? It's like paintball, but with bows and arrows. It would be a lot cooler. That would be cool. All right, well, that is it for our podcast today. Um, we hope you've enjoyed it. We hope we keep getting better at doing this, because yeah. who knows how this sounds so far. I mean, at the end of the day, I just really hope you don't teach like Coach Sanders. And please don't teach like Hager Moser.